Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bell Star. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona, and, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find pimp products, accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. calling in from. So that's awesome. Uh, let's see here. Almost Christmas time. A month away from me turning 50. Ooh, ooh. And hours away from a 40. Whee! Hello. We have special guests on the radio show today. Winky. Okay. Kid, kid is here. Silver Sister is here. And Okay, Ryan is here. Oh, that's marijuana. I just did a bong hit. Someone's looking in my face like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> All right. October 21st for the bestie. And let's see. Let's see. There's, he can't get, uh, I closed the doors back there. <laughs> here we go. Welcome. All right. Yeah, I got new bells. Aren't they pretty? They, have a real, they came on a package, and so I just added them. They're super pretty. All right, welcome to Weed Day. We got bong hits of amnesia going on. Uh, we got all sorts of stuff. We have a, an awesome guest on from Israel today. We'll have him on in just a minute. Um, yeah, he's so cute. Oh, my God. This is going to be a cute show. Um, <clears throat> so welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, October 21st. I can't believe it. We're, what, two months and a couple days away from Christmas. <laughs> and they're, they're like, on the news, they're encouraging everyone to find a unique and creative way to send gifts this year. Like there's a unique and creative way to send gifts this year. Um, so they're like, get, <laughs> they're like, get a gift card. Oh, that's unique. Actually, <laughs> 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 gift cards are quite cool because <laughs> you can eat 
you can really just go, yeah, you don't have to ask for the receipt because it's a bad gift or. <laughs> all right. So um, we are going to try and have on another. We've got all sorts of guests coming on, but we're, next week we might postpone who we have. Um, I haven't confirmed it yet anyway, and we might have another special guest on. We refer to as Han. Um, yeah. No, it's been a long time, and he made a great comment um, about Prop 207. Um, I don't know if I can find it, but he basically called them out on their BS and said, you know, if the government really let us grow marijuana like tomatoes and sell it to each other, this whole – our economy would prosper – and sure, you can have six plants, throw them a bone, but then the minute you're over two, over an ounce in possession as recreation, they're going to butt you. The minute you're over two and a half ounces, there's your felony. So come on, guys, wake up. Four dispensaries. So do your due diligence. I learned that from Deadwood. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Just like the white wings. I hear her. Better put your phones down. <laughs> oh, you're going to go cruise everywhere. Anywho, um, so read the initiative before you vote. Uh, you'll find lots of political signs out there. There's actually a lot of no on 207s out there. Um, so read it and figure out why for yourself. We did put um, some comparisons on the Tumbleweed Health Center website. So check it out, Tumbleweed Health Center. I do know that some people's um, beliefs and uh, their uh, way of thinking outweighs what's on this um, proposition. But if you look at it and really kind of see how it all works for you as an individual, um, it, it, it can make it um, tempting for sure. Well... Yes, uh, yes, and no. I mean, it's just selfish. You're just yeah. selfish. <laughs> if you want to smoke weed and you want to do it safely, keep your medical card. Yeah. And, and if you want to have a, an appropriate amount of weed on hand at all times, any amount of concentrate, any amount of milligram, they're going to limit your milligrams to 10 milligrams. And then you get a hundred milligram, you get a hundred milligram packages, one ounce total. So someone like myself, who when is in excruciating pain for whatever reason needs like forty or fifty milligrams, that's a half a package already gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. They're just they're going to make twenty four plus percent tax that's going to go on this. It's additional sixteen to whatever your county um, is already paying in Tombstone you'd be paying 26% tax. I mean, seriously. Like, this is ridiculous. On top, And then they're giving all the licenses for recreational um, dispensaries to the dispensaries already in existence. Someone has a minority status quote. You can apply for a license at, at that point. Not a good bill. Anywho, yeah. we're going to see if Hans is going to come on next week. And um, Hans. Oh, Hans. Yeah, Hans. Yeah. We'll get him on next week to chat about it. Uh, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down. We've got some funny things on the top. 
really great vapes by this company called Chief Botanicals. They're very tasty. Um, and it's just broad-spectrum hemp extract because uh, they say there's no THC in this whatsoever. But does the other – because there's one package that says – it's not this one. So this is broad-spectrum. So there's zero THC. This is just – this is an OG cushion. It tastes good. Did you try it? It's a good one. Where is it? Did we pass it around? Did we put did we pass it around? We've got cigars coming out, and uh, we've got moonlocks and keep rocks and keep joints. We've got keep joints. Oh, but me from CBD. Yeah, uh-huh. CBD and CBG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CBG. Yeah, CBG. I don't have any information in front of me. What's the CBG again? Um, CBG is actually a... a um, it's it's supposedly a more powerful pain reducer and inflammation reducer, and I think it acts differently on the CB1, CB2 receptors, so it gets in deeper somehow, yeah. something like that. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. I just like the weed. <laughs> Tough off for COVID. <laughs> okay, I like. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Sounded good. All right. So, um, <clears throat> let's see here. Why don't we just, let's just, let's just do this. If you go to tumbleweedshealthcenter.com, we're just going to get right to the, right to the interview. You can join us this morning um, with Mr. Aris Sakat, is a metaphysicist and author and consciousness researcher. We had him on the show last year, or last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. It's, been a, it's been a little while. Yeah. Trained as a software engineer, um, he decided to quit a 20-year high-tech career and a successful job at a Fortune 500 company, people, in order to research how cannabis impacts our conscious <clears throat> perception of reality. We had a good, yeah, we had a really good conversation. Yeah, and it was all about we time like, and perception. Ooh, yeah, uh, every like, remember we that? Really yeah. engaged in the whole thing. It was amazing. It was, and it's going to be amazing again. I'm getting excited. He's the author of this about time, which describes how changes in our perception of time impact our memory, imagination, and thought patterns, and virtually all other conscious phenomena. He currently lives in Israel, where he co-leads the Israel Institute for Science and Consciousness and continues his research. And everybody, please welcome um, Mr. Aris to the show. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you so oh, much for really having excited. me again. It's so good to... Yeah, it was a great conversation last time, and I, I'm excited to be here again. This time from Israel, 8,000 miles away. Oh, my gosh, I know. Did you have dinner yet? <laughs> I, I did not. I did not. I find that if I eat before interviews, uh, it's hard to think. You know how that is. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Food coma. Food coma. Right. You're ready for a nap after that. Yeah. So, all right. Well, yeah. excellent. So, uh, what strain are you currently partaking in before your radio show? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I got on the show just to say hi, and I told you that here in Israel, we don't, we don't really have names for strains uh, for most people because, you know, it's kind of like the black market here. So we give them names. Mm-hmm. And so the strain that I like nowadays is the jeweler number two. Uh, the jeweler is the guy that that grows it, and so we give we give the names based on the people who grows them, or you know, give them around. <laughs> and it's a really high sativa, 
and it's nice. Um, yeah, yeah, really, really interesting stuff. The the black market here is very, you know, it's just people do what they need to do in order to, in order to get what they need to get. Um, obviously, not encouraging anybody to break the law, but uh, sometimes the laws are just not just, and uh, you know, that's just the way it is. So, what do people have to do to get um, to get their medicine, to get cannabis out there, black market or not? Is there any legality? Of cannabis there at all it's a great question I absolutely um, but you know people people in Arizona people in the United States in general need to need to know how lucky they are to live in a place like that where they can get cannabis license fairly easily and you guys are making it so easy and you know giving so much information about it here in Israel it's a little harder um, they have all kind of weird laws like for example if you ever experienced anxiety, you can't get a medical li- license. And I'm talking about like uh, chronic anxiety, which is interesting because yeah. for most people, cannabis eliminates anxiety. But because some strains can cause a panic attack, they just have like this across-the-board definition that if you suffered from chronic anxiety or from anxiety attacks, you can't get a cannabis license. So. Um, you know things like that. It's it's just really difficult, and most most doctors have a really hard time. Yeah, it's just uh, lack of knowledge, and um, it's still considered this bad thing, you know. And so, a lot of people are really embarrassed to ask their doctors for uh, medical license. It's it's tricky. Yeah. So if if they're not, you know. If they can't get okay, so what conditions can you get something for? PTSD is a good example. Yeah, PTSD Uh is a good example. Uh, Pain, uh, people who suffer from uh, Mm -hmm. chronic pain, Um, uh, people who suffer from, uh, you know, um, uh, some kind of uh, a condition where they, um, you know, they just need. Uh, to relax their bodies, uh, some people who have a hard time sleeping, uh, so various physical conditions. The vast majority of uh, psychological conditions, though, it's really hard to get to get a license for. And as a consciousness researcher, I find that to be really interesting and sad because I think cannabis can really help with with many different psychological conditions, uh, not just PTSD, but um, it's getting better. It's getting better by, you know, there's uh, maybe there's going to be another election next year. Israel had three elections in the last, um, you know, year and a half. And uh, I think that the next election, the topic of complete legalization of cannabis is going to be on the table. So hopefully it'll get much better. How do you think um, the leaders there will respond to that? How do I think? Uh, what? I'm sorry, the line got cut. How do you how do you think they'll respond to that? If it's put up the question again, I mean, it's... Um, you know, I think that interestingly enough, cannabis legalization is one of the only topics out there that is uh, bridging the gap, the growing gap between the left and the right wing polarization that is happening in our society, because there's just so many people who smoke cannabis, who like cannabis. And so I think that the uh, 
the political side that's going to decide to put it on the ballot is to say, hey, this is something that uh, we're going to um, we're going to, you know, we're going to push forward is going to be able to get a lot of the swing votes. So, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's, um, it's just a matter of time, you know, like in the twenties last century where alcohol was banned and, you know, uh, not even comparing the uh, side effects of alcohol with, with cannabis. Right. I mean, we all know, um, right. you know, what, w- what to, what to choose, if, you know, but uh, um, you know, that's just the way it is. So I really think it could be a, a, a deal breaker for election just because of, you know, the mm-hmm. huge support they could get. That's true. And people really look at that these days, uh, you know, especially here in the United States. We started nine years ago almost, and we couldn't talk about it before. And now um, people are looking at candidates' uh, opinions and decisions on how they're going to uh, react and or change laws for marijuana and that's helping to shape their, their voting. You know, a lot of people won't vote for different sheriffs or, you know, senators or whatever, and especially, you know, with the presidential election coming up. Um, at least our vice presidential uh, hopeful candidate is, uh, she's, she's out for marijuana, Kamala Harris is. So, but yeah, it really does yeah. play people. Uh, and, and rightly so. And I like what you said. It really does bridge people because nowadays, the term Republican, Democrat, Independent, well, that means what it means. But it's hard to put anybody in a box these days because everyone's attitudes and perceptions have changed about what it is that really is, you know? That's so true. And, you know, put put a whole bunch of people in the room from both sides of the political aisle. Let them smoke some weed. And I, I personally think that there's going to be a lot more agreement by the end of the evening rather than, you know, disagreements. It's just, it's just you know, yeah. it allows us to understand each other better. Specifically, I'm talking about, you know, THC. It expands our point, the conscious point of view, and allows us to see things from a different perspective. And that's exactly what we need right now, instead of the, uh, the rhetorics of separation and, uh, you know, divisiveness that is really prominent in, in our society nowadays. Yeah, it's. I think you're absolutely right. We need to calm down and hang out and and talk openly with in peace. Though that's see that seems to be the problem. We all get so riled up we can't be, we can't have peaceful conversations. And that's you know we need to. Um, tell us what's going on uh, with your institute for science and consciousness. What's happening over there? So. The, um, there's two institutions I'm involved in. There's uh, the institute I'm leading in the United States. That's my institute. It's a research institute, and it focuses on consciousness-altering substances. And it's in Washington State, uh, one of the two states, Colorado and Washington, were the first one to legalize. And uh, that's the institute in which I've done my my main research and wrote the book about. Mm. Um, but then, then there's a, there's a, a different organization here in Israel unrelated to cannabis, just to, uh, just to name, just in case anybody, anybody hears and, you know, not to associate it with, with this topic necessarily, but it's a, it's a big Institute. It has over 400 uh, leading consciousness researchers from uh, various facets of academia here in Israel. And I'm, I'm a co-president of that organization um, you know, just helping them run things. And uh, 
you know, unfortunately, we can't really do a lot of research with cannabis here in Israel other than what's being done in, you know, in the labs um, to investigate right. the molecular structure. Um, and the, the research I'm doing is, is research that has to be done with actual usage because I'm researching consciousness and you can't experience a shift in consciousness unless you're actually smoking unless you're actually consuming the the active substance and so you know there's things that you just can't learn under the microscope and that's the kind of research i'm usually focused uh focused on and so i keep my institute in the united states so i can continue to do research there um and the the organization i'm i'm working with here is focused on more theoretical theoretical research of consciousness well, talk to us about um, some of your thoughts about uh, reality and perception and consciousness in, in relation to when you are using cannabis and are not. How deep, how deep can we go into our psyche just using cannabis? You know, it's really amazing. It's, it's, there's not a lot of times when we stop and think, how do, I, how do I think? What is the manner with which I use my imagination? What is the manner with which I use my, my thoughts? Um, we don't often stop and reflect on the manner with which we think or imagine or do any mental activity because it's the only one that we do. We don't have any comparison. But if we start paying attention, we start noticing various things that happen when we actually consume cannabis. Cannabis is like, um, you know, I always give the example that a fish in the water does not know it's wet. And, you know, if a fish was born in an aquarium, it thinks that this is its world. But what cannabis does, it allows us to temporarily shift our perception of reality. And if we just pay a little bit of attention, we start noticing things. For example, we all know, I'll give two examples. We all know that we have some form of memory, a change in the, the ability to remember when we smoke THC, when we ingest THC. Well, what exactly is happening? Why is it that with some strains, you know, we'll get to the kitchen and we'll be standing around and looking around and say, oh, why did I come here for? We have absolutely no idea what we wanted. So we forget something, right? And then sometimes we'll have right. conversations and we forget the topic of conversation. It's just like two seconds ago I was speaking about this and suddenly my mind went elsewhere and boom, it's gone. Well, when we pay deeper attention, we notice that there's a pattern, a specific pattern with what we forget and what we remember. And there's a difference between various strains. Some strains will cause us to forget concrete actions, things that we wanted to do, things that has to do with the concrete reality, and some strains will cause us to forget abstract thoughts, things that has to do with reflections, things that has to do with, not with concrete things around us, not with the external world, but rather with the internal world. But here's the kick. Strains that cause us to forget concrete stuff are actually increasing our abstract thinking abilities. They're causing, us to be more, they're causing us to be more reflective. And strains that are causing us to forget, to lose some of our abstract uh, uh, thinking abilities are causing us to remember 
more concrete stuff. So it's almost like there's a, 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 a bipolar spectrum, not surprising, that cannabis is like shifting the needle on. And I'll give one more example that most, a lot more people can relate to because this was a little abstract, right? Uh, so people who smoke sativa and listen to this probably totally got what I was talking about. People who smoke uh, more indica-based uh, strains totally lost me because they probably experienced short-term um, memory loss when it comes to abstract thought. But I'll give a, bit, a, a little more concrete, exa- concrete example. When we smoke, most of the time, and this is with most people, okay, most people, most of the time, when they smoke sativa-dominant strains, their visual imagery declines, which means they see less images in their mind's eye, in their imagination, than they do regularly or with indigo-based strains, which is fascinating. What is happening? Why is it that our... You know, what is going on there, right? And so when we interview people like aphantasiacs, people who are completely blind in their imagination, there are people like that. When we interview them and we interview other people, we start again realizing that there's a a bipolar spectrum with which we imagine. And imagine the bipolar spectrum being the amount of light with which we use, we're use, using the imagination. And cannabis is shifting the needle again on the amount of light that is available for us in our imagination. And that's why when we smoke sativa-dominant strains, we start thinking more abstractly because what is abstract if not naked thought, a thought without form, a thought that cannot see anything. And so things like that are fascinating um, to me in, in my research, and it teaches us a lot about the way we think. And these are things that you cannot know uh, when you study the, the cannabis under the microscope. I don't care how successful of a scientist and a chemist you are, but you will never know by studying, you know, cannabis under the microscope, you'll never know that the first thing that happens when you smoke cannabis is a shift in your perception of time. You will never know that. You will never know that some of your senses, your involuntary senses, become heightened when you smoke sativa dominant strain, and your voluntary senses become heightened when you when you're smoking indica based strains. That's why the taste buds are becoming so sensitive so on and so forth. There is a structure and a mechanism to the mind, and cannabis is one of the greatest tools that allows us to really understand it. So is that why that makes some sense to me, because I don't like to smoke sativas. They make me feel stupid. (laughs) It makes me feel like I feel like my face is my head and my mind's closing. I can't even have a thought. Like I just, I can't read. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I like indica. Hmm. Interesting. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know. You know. Again, everybody's different. You can. You can think of uh, of the spectrum of human consciousness as um, um, sort of like a wave. You know, like a ball. It, it, it depends where you are on this ball, like a planet, where you are, and the shifting of the needle is happening compared to where you are. So some people, you know, uh, uh, it's a a smaller percentage, but for some people, sativa is is causing them the opposite effect of what 
normally we would see, but there's usually a uh, a majority. There's usually it's um, um, standard deviation. It's called. There's usually a standard distribution of what people feel when they um, when they consume one or the other. And this is why you know you guys are educating people on on cannabis. This is why it's so important to try it out. And this is why you can't go to the doctor, especially a doctor who never smoked a joint in their life, and say, Hey, what should I what should I get? Prescribe me something. It's something that you need to try for yourself. And everybody would you know, everybody would be different, but usually you would notice a significant difference in the way you think, in the way you are able to digest information, to digest logic, uh, based on the two two major families of, of stains, sativa versus indica. So then it would be fascinating, country, you know, to, yeah, yeah, please. Oh, go ahead. It would be fascinating, you know, to uh, next time I'm in the U S and when this coronavirus is done uh, to, to pop into your studio and to interview you prior to smoking and to ask you all these questions that I do, I interview people to understand how their mind works, and then to have you smoke and see what shifted. And so, you know, next time I'm visiting the U.S. and in your neck of the woods, I'll let you know, and we'll do this experiment yeah. if you want live on yeah. air, and that would be fascinating. Oh, yeah. That would be fascinating. We'd love that. And, heck, maybe we'd just have to go to Washington. Bummer. <laughs> maybe. I'm sure it's gorgeous where you are. Yeah. But come to the desert anytime. So my question for you then is if you um, <clears throat> if you can't find, I mean, if you don't know strains, um, how do you know which one is going to for you, Indica, when you go to pick one um, on the street or wherever you get it or whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I've done the, this kind of research for so long. I usually can tell just by smelling or looking at the, at the buds. Um, you know, if they're, uh, you know, nowadays when there's so many strains out there, it's getting harder and harder. And this line between sativa and indica has been blurred over the over the years. And it's sort of like a wild west, what people call sativa and indica, because there's no clear definition. Some some growers uh, will call something sativa or indica because of the smell, some because of the strains that it came from, and so on and so forth. But in general, in general, when um, you know the, the the buds are a little bit more darker in color um, and a little more tight, uh, usually in, in the smell is more earthy. Usually, you can assume it's an indica-based strain. And if the if the buds are slightly lighter uh, in color and uh, you know um, um, the smell is a little more acidic. Um, then you know it's sativa dominant strain, and sometimes it's you know you try it out and you realize it was the opposite of what you thought. And uh, but in general, I I already know. You know I can just smell it and and can tell. We have a very um, the the black market here in Israel works through um, a chat program called Telegram, and it's uh, it has encrypted chat. So. A lot of people broadcast what they're selling there, and they have like a, a verification process where they make sure you know it's safe to sell you. And you know, I uh, because I do research, I you know I I don't really get to the point where I have to actually uh, get it like that because 
you know, I'll consult people, I'll go to their homes and uh, uh, check strains with them, and usually they'll, they'll, you know, they'll give me a bud or say, hey, you know, try this, try that. So I usually have constant supply um, if I want uh, from just, you know, people around me, which makes me very lucky. But um, I also smoke a little less, and this brings me to a different topic of conversation that, you know, we've discussed over email. Um, the, I don't know if you uh, we were talking about the fact that over the years when I smoked, you know, I was doing this research for so long, I've realized that I've developed this dependency on cannabis. And, um, you know, after a while, I, you know, there were these two years with, you know, I, I just started realizing that smoking for me, it wasn't, it wasn't a tool and a medicine anymore. It became a habit. And I had a hard time stopping, and that I did not like that. And you know, over time, I realized uh-huh. that I wasn't the only one there. You know, and one out of—it's estimated that one out of ten people who smoke cannabis um, have some kind of you know an unhealthy dependency on it. And because specifically because I do research with it, I had to I had to develop develop tools that will allow me to um, you know to to sort of like the inner adult, the inner, the inner uh, uh, responsible adult within to say, no, this is not the right time. When is the right time? When is not the right time? Am I smoking because of habit? Am I smoking because, of, um, because it's really the time for it? And so, you know, I've, I had to do that. I had to develop these tools so I, can, so I won't lose my tool of research and I won't lose this wonderful medicine. And I've done that successfully. And now I actually teach people um, and I have an online course, uh, how it's called Consciously High, on how um, how to smoke cannabis responsibly and how to weed out the habit, you know, and smoke, um, use mm-hmm. cannabis as a tool rather as as an escape. And uh, so, right. you know, that relates to your other question because in reality, I smoke a lot less nowadays, you know, and um, if before I would just smoke because because every activity is more fun when you're smoking. Now I smoke when I either do research or when, uh, you know, the particular situation calls for it, if I feel super anxious or something like that. Excellent. How did you, how did you learn that? I mean, how did you, you know, talk, talk about thinking about your thoughts. How did you come to realize that it was just more of a habit? And then how did you... Work to make that not a and just a, uh, a necessity, like you said, or rather than you know a habit. Yeah. Um, so when we when, when we smoke THC on a regular basis, and especially if we smoke a lot, and at some point in my research, you know, I just I was smoking a lot. Uh, there are some cumulative. There is a cumulative effect that is happening. Um, you know, in the consciousness movement, cannabis is called the trickster drug. And the reason it's called this trickster drug is because usually you won't notice the gradual shift that happened in your consciousness because of the, the short-term memory loss. And so you don't quite remember what was going on before. And you don't really remember how your inner narrative changed. And 
that's kind of the issue. And, you know, so you, you'll be smoking and you're feeling like you're smoking too much and your head is kind of cloudy and, and then you stop and, you know, you'll stop for a day or two and then you're like, oh my God, I so miss smoking and it makes me feel so good. Why did I even stop? And, you know, it was kind of back and forth this way, but because I'm a writer, I realized mm. as I was coming to these periods when I was writing, I realized that I wasn't able to hold my tree of thought. When you're writing a book, you have to remember the entire tree of thought that the book is related to. It's like you have a trunk of thought, a topic, and from it you branch out with you know the various chapters. And I realized that if I want to be successful in writing, I can't be smoking in a period when I'm writing. And when I tried to stop, I had a hard time. And that was my big cue. I was like, wow, you know, I'm, uh-huh. I'm really dependent, you know. And I was like, no way, I have, to, I have to write. You know, I can't not write. It's just not an, 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 a possibility <laughs> for me. And then I forced myself to stop, which, you know, I, um, there's various techniques. You know, some of them I can talk about uh, in the vast majority of them I, I teach in, in this online course. And I stopped. And when I stopped, I realized because I was documenting everything and documenting what was going on in my head, I realized that I've regained some mental capabilities that I forgot I had. In other words, I didn't remember yeah. what, what super clarity felt like because after two, three weeks of not smoking, suddenly I realized yeah. that I was super clear and I was able to remember things differently and make association. You know, I used to sneak, smoke a lot of strong sativas and, um, you know, the, just really the impact was significant uh, over time. And, you know, it comes back. I mean, once you stop, that's the beauty about cannabis. You know, two, three weeks, you're back to normal. I would say after a month, most of the people I know are completely back to normal. But, yeah, it just wasn't healthy. And so I, I had to document all these tools because I realized that so many of my friends and people I knew were suffering from the same things. And I started, you know, people were just asking me, and I started teaching it, and uh, from here to there, boom, an online course was, was created, you know? That's really awesome. <clears throat> it sounds like a reset, you know, like just, uh, 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 yeah, like getting clear again, but resetting everything to just uh, normalcy of, and clarity. Um, it's it's nice to do fast and stuff for that reason, you know, just to exactly to get up all the exactly influencers. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you know, this is this is what I say. You know, uh, the 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 course I'm I'm leading online. It's it's called as I said, consciously high. And the idea is it's a four week course with a one week prep and then a three week cannabis tolerance break. And the idea is that when you walk out of the tolerance break after three weeks of not smoking um, with the various videos that you're getting, you have a different set of tools to treat this tool, to treat this uh, medicine that's called cannabis. And you're just not looking at it the same way. Before, it was just this thing that you were doing when you're, you know, after the, the course, you're walking away with deep understanding of what happens in your mind, the good and the bad, because everything has good and bad. For every good, there's a bad, and for every bad, there's a good. And, but you have this understanding of what is happening, and you're just a lot more conscious. That's why it's called consciously high. You're just a lot more conscious, 
And when you're going back to to using cannabis, you're using it as a tool. You're using it as from a place of power. I call it regain command on the substance. And you're not losing. You know, most uh, substance abuse programs are all about you can never touch it again and you're addicted for life and blah, blah, blah. And this is not the way I approach this. What I say is... We're, we have that inner adult that knows deep down inside we know what's right and what's not right. And I have a lot of friends who smoke cannabis very responsibly and smoke it every day, and they're okay. It's not impacting them like the way it impacted me. We're all different. And we have that inner adult that knows, and the idea is to find that inner adult so that you can later um, have it decide When's the right time? When's not the right time? Just like if you had a child and your child would tell you, well, I want more candy right now. You say, well, it's not time for candy. It's time for bed. You know, you can't, you can't brush yeah. your teeth with chocolate. No, sorry. You know, you just can't do that. Right. And um, kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. And so um, tell everyone where they could find this, um, this class. It sounds really awesome. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that would love to, Take it. There is a, a website called Weed Out the Habit. It's kind of a play on word. Weedoutthehabit.com. Um, and um, I actually prepared a special code uh, called AZ Arizona Weeds Day. AZ, AZ Weeds Day, just for your listeners. All right. Um, to to take thirty percent off. Um, you know, I, I, I priced it really moderately. I pressed it at uh, $149. I know a lot of people are struggling nowadays. So um, yeah. there's a $50 coupon if, if they put AZ Weeds Day. Um, and I just want to name it out there. If somebody's truly struggling, um, we uh, yeah. uh, there's scholarships available because the idea is to allow people to be able to use it consciously and not, you know, this is not about the money. This is about, I mean, there's obviously effort and expenses involved, but this is about helping people, and um, um, it's important to me that whoever needs help will get it. So then when you, uh, do you reintroduce uh, people to microdosing, or how to how do you reintroduce them back to the plant? There is a process during the third week of, of the course, so it's the second week of the break, the cannabis break, in which we go through a set of exercises to negotiate between the two parts of us. There's a part of us that just wants to smoke all the time. And there's a part of us that says, no, 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 I don't want to smoke at all. And there's a negotiation that is happening. And there's a reestablishment of, you know, what's going to be our new habits when we step out of this. And I'm being really careful not to tell people, what to do because everybody's different. But I give a lot of right. examples of vari- various, uh, I call it um, constitution or c- uh, contract between me and myself, between you know the way people did it. And I worked with people who uh, decided to go back to microdosing. I worked with people who um, mm-hmm. decided not to smoke for a year. I worked with people who decided to smoke only on the weekends and I worked with people who decided to create a de- some people I'll tell you this some people need a very specific contract with themselves they need all the T's to be uh, lined and all the, uh, the I's to be dotted 
because they they know how powerful the mind is and how we can trick ourselves. So I work with someone, for example, who created such a detailed contract with himself, and it worked for him. And he basically said, I'm only going to smoke in these holidays, and I'm going to smoke, you know, um, so-and-so times, but then I'm going to have this vouchers because sometimes you just want to smoke sometimes it's just you you don't know when when the opportunity will strike so he created these vouchers for himself and it worked for him and for some people this would sound so stupid and some people this would sound liberating you know and so i just introduced these various types of you know tricks and uh, i also introduced people to the concept of um the inner word, you know, uh, uh, some some kind of a phrase, you know, abracadabra, right? Or uh, I vow to myself mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever phrase that is, when I say that phrase, I know I'm not going to break my word. And most people don't have that kind of phrase. You know, we say things like I promise or, oh, I'm just not going to do that, you know. But we don't have a reserved, some people, you know, if they say, I swear to God, you know, it's just such a common thing to say. But for some people, if right. they say that, well, you know, that's, that's real. So we, in the first week, we develop some kind of a sentence, some kind of a language that is reserved to, if I say these words, then it's not going to be broken. And words have strength, and we build, we build those, this strength during the four weeks so that when they walk out, they feel like they have some kind of a – some kind of a structure around the way they approach the topic of cannabis consumption. And yet that's the beauty. They don't lose the, the, the tool the that they've grown to love so much because in truth is they don't want to lose it. And that's why a lot of people who smoke cannabis but feel like they're overusing it are not stopping because for them it's either or and it doesn't have to be. Right. Amen to that. Yeah, it's hard for people to find a balance, especially with um, things outside themselves that they really, really enjoy. Um, but it can be used as a really amazing tool. I like the the picking a phrase or something that helps you stay on track. And I like the guy made a you know vouchers for himself. That's awesome. Everybody's different. You know, everyone needs a different tool. You can't just say, here, this is what everybody needs to do because everyone's so different. So that was really cool that he created that for himself. Exactly. Um, What are your next steps? What are you looking to to do in the future with cannabis and your research institute? Well, I want, um, and I'm really hoping to do that in 2021. I was supposed to come to the U.S. in 2020, but then COVID hit and I kind of got stuck here. (laughs) Um, I want to do a a vast experiment. I want to do an experiment with 10,000 cannabis users, a huge experiment in which we're going to test the various changes that are happening in the mind while we smoke cannabis. And for that, I would need... A lot of volunteers will start with a thousand and then slowly grow. My goal is to get, to, as I said, to ten thousand. I, I just want to do this online massive experiment to prove the theory that I've developed during during my research. Um, and so, for that, I would need um, 
you know, people who have medical cannabis licenses so that they know what kind of strains they're getting. Um, because if you don't know what strain you're getting, if you're like me right now in Israel, you know, when you, when you do use cannabis, you use something that, uh, you know, the um, jeweler number one, you know, number three, whatever, created, then you don't really know what yeah. it is. But to choose people who do know what that is and develop right. some kind of a questionnaire and a set of tests and have people volunteer for that, and show academia because academia is so behind on testing psychedelics. It's not even funny what's happening in academia nowadays. So ever since the 60s, since uh, Ram Dass and Timothy Leary were, you know, uh, thrown out of Harvard yeah. uh, for you know, using psychedelics, academia has been behind, and there is just there's just not enough experiments out there that are dealing with the direct effects of, of the drug. And in order for, because academia is under federal law, it's very hard to get approvals for experiments. And so because my institute mm-hmm. is privately owned and privately funded, and because now there's so many states who have legalized, especially medical cannabis, there is a possibility to do such an experiment, um, and even worldwide. And that's kind of what I'm planning for 2021 and of course, uh, finishing my next book. I'm writing a book about um, about interesting stories from you know fun fun interesting stories from from my time of research. You can only imagine that I have some interesting stories after researching, interviewing hundreds of people uh, smo- while they were smoking cannabis before and after. So I've accumulated my share <laughs> of fun stories, and uh, you know, and, yeah. Well, tell us. Tell us one or two of those. Let's let's get a sneak into your sneak preview into your book. Give us a story. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's this one time, and I, I hear cannabis kid there, <laughs> you know, nodding. He wants to hear it too. Yeah. Um, so there's this one time where a friend of mine came. Uh, so I was I was doing these cannabis parties in my house because you know it was all very unofficial. You know, I had to get people. And, you know, to come to my house and smoke very specific strains. And so people would come and ask me what to smoke. And I would, you know, quickly ask him. And this, this particular friend was somebody I knew. So I knew his, I call it mental polarity prior to smoking. And I knew where he was. And he, he told me, hey, hey, Eris, Eris, I want to I wanna beat up um, Joe playing ping pong. I really want to beat him up. He, 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 he wins every time, but he wins only a, by a little. Like, I, I, I just can never beat him. Why? And I had this big ping pong table in, in my house where people would play because I wanted to see how cannabis impacted various activities. You know, they would play music and right. there would be conversation. There was a microphone, all kind of things. And so yeah. I knew that this particular individual um, needed to have – his his you know mind shifted in a very specific way and so i told him smoke this particular strain but smoke only a little and we had this uh, the, we had this uh, uh we call it scale of highness developed and they all they all knew my scale of highness you know from from zero to five, you know, I told him, you cannot get more high than 2.1, 2.2. If you get higher than 2.2 in the scale of highness, which he already knew what it was, then, then you're not going to win. But use this particular strain and see what happens. And so he used it, and I gave him a particular strain that strengthened his 
voluntary senses, but lowered, made his involuntary senses a little less acute. Because what happens when you smoke, uh, when you play ping pong, the involuntary senses, for example, like hearing somebody talking, and there were a lot of people in the room talking, or for example, uh, if uh, uh, somebody touched your shoulder or whatever, you know, your, your involuntary senses, every time your, an involuntary sense will kick in, it will trigger a thought of sort. And so by lowering the acuteness of his involuntary senses, I allowed him to be more present in his body. You can think of cannabis shifting the mental focus between the mind and the body. So I literally lowered just by a little bit because my familiarity with the strain. And for the first time, he won a game with this particular individual. And then he won another one. And then he won another one. And he was like, I can't believe this has happened. I can't. That's awesome. I love that. And, uh, and then, of course, yeah. so the story ends. The other person, you know, the other friend, Joe, comes to me and says, well, give me something so yeah. I can win again. <laughs> <laughs> so did it. you? Did you give him something to win again? <laughs> well, that, in that particular case, it was an issue because he already smoked uh, a lot that evening. So I had a little bit of a hard time to tell him what to smoke. Yeah. Um, he was such a good mm-hmm. ping pong player that, you know, I was like, yeah. you're on your own, my friend. You know, you're on your own. Besides, I didn't <laughs> want to steal, you know, steal the other guy's thunder. You know, he was so happy. Right. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he triumphed. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's really yeah. Those are really interesting thoughts um, on how cannabis affects your voluntary and involuntary. And I'm thinking like, you know, your motor skills, your fine, large motor skills and things like that. Like, that's super interesting. Are you, is there a way to find strain um, maybe under the microscope that we can say, hey, it has this, this, and this, uh, um, these parameters, and so it'll do this, this, and this for you? You know, that's a great question. So, first of all, I just want to name that, um, This is why there's a controversy, for example, if you can drive while smoking cannabis or not. Some people will tell you, oh, my God, this is, you know, you can't drive while smoking cannabis, you're altered. And some people will say, hey, when I smoke cannabis, I'm a better driver. I'm a safer driver. And so how could that be? It doesn't make sense, right? And the same thing with anxiety. How can the same strain uh, alleviate anxiety for one person and cause anxiety for another? And so... That's the idea. The idea is that consciousness is is really on a bipolar spectrum. And so depends on where you are on that spectrum to begin with, your consciousness will shift differently. And so even though that we can usually generalize on what a particular strain strain will do to someone, there's many cases, you know, it's obviously the minority of the cases, but there are cases where the impact is going to be the opposite. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we can generally assume what's going to happen and generally say that, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. For people who are super thinkers, their mind is just running all the time and they're like completely detached from reality, spacers, you know. 
for them to smoke, mm-hmm. uh, most most of these people. Again, it's always most of these people. You know, it's ne- it's never a definite one hundred percent. Just like everything in life, um, but most of these people, when they smoke sativa-based strains, um, their mind will race even more. And so, driving under these conditions is not healthy because they're not really focused on the voluntary senses which are required for driving. And smoking indica-based right. uh, strains is going to help them a little bit because it's going to allow them to be a lot more calm. They're just not going to be out there, uh, but rather focus on what's happening on the actual experience. But there's some people who are extremely present in the moment and smoking indica, heavy indica based strains are going to cause them to be really tired and fatigued and just like, couch potatoes and for people like that to smoke under the influence of the same strain that caused the other guy to be so present will cause them to not be safe behind the wheel and for them they like to smoke a a sativa maybe not a high sativa because it helps them actually it sharpens their mind it helps them be a little bit more awake and so it really depends on the person and this is the difficulty with um, defining these things, um, and so I, right. you know, I present this to kind of raise the raise the solution to this ongoing discussion amongst scientists that hey, is cannabis good for this or bad for this? Is cannabis causes psychosis or alleviate psychosis? Is cannabis this? Is cannabis mm-hmm. that? To say it does both because. It's a bipolar spectrum, and cannabis shifts the needle on this bipolar spectrum, so it depends where you were. But at the same time, I'll say to people, we all have this intuitive way of knowing, you know, smoke first at home. If you're testing this, know what you're smoking, yeah. and, you know, yeah. be careful. Because I've, I know mm. a really quick story. Somebody who smoked um, a heavy uh, indica strain and it caused him to literally forget, you know, to pull the handbrake when he left the car. He left the car to go outside for something, and the car was running, and he, you know, um, he forgot to shift it from drive to park and just literally stepped out of the car because he was so present on what he wanted to do, and the car started rolling. And so, you know, he, he quickly jumped back in and pulled the handbrake and shifted it, you know, he had to literally, with his hand, press the brake and because, you know, he dived face in. But, you know, that's, that's oh, horrible. No. That's horrible. So that don't horrible. drive with a strain you do not know. Uh, test it first and know yourself. And I know a lot of people who've been smoking since they were kids and drive all the time um, while smoking cannabis, and they're, they're perfectly fine doing it. So I'm not encouraging anybody to do this. But I'll say everybody's different and be responsible. Know what you're doing before you're doing it. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing all your wonderful and important information. And hopefully we can have you back on again. And hopefully we can be a part of your study when you come out here. Uh, We've got a nice list of patients that I'm sure would want to be involved as well. So keep it. Keep in touch with us, and we'll definitely um, work with you in your in your uh, experiments there. And tell everybody once again how they can get a hold of you out there. Take your classes and reach on Facebook and all social media. 
So uh, the easiest way is to remember weedoutthehabit.com. Um, but for those not interested in the course, just scroll all the way down and click about. And from there, you can ask, access my, the website for the institute. It's called Creorg Institute, C-R-I-O-R-G dot institute. That's the web address. You just type in HTTP Creorg dot institute and you get there. Uh, but again, the easiest way to get there from weedoutthehabit.com. And um, feel free to contact me with questions. Um, and I really appreciate you guys interviewing me. I always love coming on your show. And I will definitely uh, contact you again once this uh, experiment is happening and the next time I'm in your neck of the woods or I'm in the western U.S. Well, it's been an honor. And we always love having you on and, and talking about our inner conscious cannabis cells. <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> And good luck. Good luck. Stay safe and happy and healthy, and we'll talk very soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Arrows, everybody. Oh, wow, my gosh, and look what time. Uh, it's that time. We busted all the way to 9 o'clock. All Thank you, Arrows, for top coming on. I need to listen to the show again because... Those were some really cool shots. Thank you, the shot. Fox. See? Huh. Um, uh, thank you, Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard and com and Studio C Canvas Kid. The TV sister, happy birthday to And Reggae Ryan, he's going home new. He's going to be new. Be nice to each other. And vote. Vote no on 207. Let's do it. Trust us. Paid for by stoners that care.